0: Loose Parts is a podcast about a bunch of interesting things all loosely related to a topic that changes every episode. Hello, and welcome to the long-awaited Episode 5 of Loose Parts. I am your host, Kat Hale, and I'm going to jump into this episode by telling you about a story that I read that was the sort of inspiration for everything that we're going to talk about today. And it all starts with butter, as most amazing things do. I read on CNN that earlier this year, an Irish peat cutter named Jack Conaway found a 22-pound chunk of butter buried in a bog. He took the chunk of butter to a local museum, and they found out that it was over 2,000 years old. Which is crazy, Um, but the crazier thing is that that's not even the oldest butter that anyone has found buried in the ground. So in 2013, another Irish guy, uh, another peat cutter, found a 5,000-year-old chunk of butter buried in the peat bog. Now, that might sound really weird to us, but bog butter is not that uncommon in Great Britain and Ireland. Well, finding it anyway. It's typically made of animal products, sometimes dairy like we would think of butter, and sometimes rendered animal fat, so tallow. And it's usually found buried in wooden vessels. And it was this ancient mode of food preservation because peat bogs and peat marshes act as sort of these interesting airtight seals. They also keep food cool. So it's thought that that's what people did in ancient times was, you know, make their butter, put it in a thing, bury it underground. But what's interesting is that people are digging these things up even today. So we've got condiments that date back to like the Bronze Age. And I think that's really great. Not to mention the fact that technically this butter still edible. That's right. You could, like, dig right in and spread some 2,000-year-old butter on your toast and probably not die. Uh, researchers would encourage you not to try the butter, but theoretically you could, and it should still be okay because the peat bog actually keeps microbes and things away from the butter and prevents it from completely spoiling, so I feel like maybe if you just got right down into the core of it and, like, pulled a core sample, it might be okay. It probably wouldn't taste like you'd expect butter to taste like, but, you know, it might be worth a try. I would do it. Would you? So, thinking about this super old butter, which I still can't get over, it's so funny to me, but uh, thinking about this super old butter made me start wondering about other things that are really old and also equally as strange or unexpected. You know, you wouldn't expect to find two to five thousand year old butter in a marsh. So I did a little research and found out about a bunch of different really old things, really old animals, really old people. And then I'm gonna to talk to you guys a little bit about just the process of getting old in general and what that means for us as people and for society as a whole. All right, let's do this. Woo! All right, number two in my list of most interesting super old things that people have found. It's a 3000 year old ball of yarn. There's this archaeological site in Britain called Must Farm which was a Bronze Age settlement that they discovered and um for the last couple of decades they've been uncovering a bunch of, you know, artifacts from that period. So jewelry and spears and jars and beads, the kind of thing that you'd sort of expect to see. But I think it's really interesting that they have found this completely preserved little tiny ball of yarn. It's about two centimeters in diameter, so it's likely all that's left of a much larger ball as the material around it decomposed. Um, But they, like, excavated it and cleaned it with their tiny little archaeological brushes, and now they just have this little ball of yarn that someone wound around, like, 3,000 years ago. It's just fascinating. And there's even more interesting old stuff that people have found. And what's really fun about these stories is that by and large, they were all sort of by accident, or they did find something and think it looked interesting, but didn't find out how significant it was until much later. There was this guy named Simone Bartolini who lived in Florence. He was a cartographer and he was out hiking in the mountains in the Alps, mapping the Italy-Austrian border while he was just sort of walking around, he found this piece of wood that had been bent into this sort of rounded shape. And he thought it looked kind of like a snowshoe. So he picked it up and he took it home and he kept it in his office as like a memento of that trip. And, you know, for a while he was like, oh, yeah, maybe it's like an old snowshoe and maybe it's like a hundred years old. Who knows? And then at some point he showed it to an archaeologist friend of his And they were like, oh my god, we have to study this. And so they dated the artifact and discovered that it was 5,800 years old. It's the oldest snowshoe ever found. In fact, it's one of the oldest pieces of footwear ever found. And this guy found it while he was just walking around. It's pretty awesome. Also great that it just decorated his office for a number of years. Yeah, you never know what you have lying around. There's another really cool example of people not quite knowing what they have, which is this Victorian collector had a collection of stuff that came from the Middle East, um, nominally the areas of northern Iraq around Mosul. And one of those items was this bag with all this amazing tooled leather and metalwork on it that had all this filigree and these like pictures and images of nobility and court life. And it dated back to about 1300, so now it would be a little over 700 years old. And for a really long time they thought it was a saddlebag, because that was a fairly common thing to find in that area. But further research in the modern era has revealed it to be a lady's handbag. Now, that might not sound so important, but it's really, really special because it's the oldest handbag that we've ever found. It's 700 years old. And, you know, handbags weren't really popular until somewhere around the 17th century, when women started carrying reticules, which were these little pouches that had all their stuff in them, because we didn't have pockets until probably sometime around the 19th century. And so it's this really interesting discovery, because it's this really old purse that used to belong to a lady. That was 700 years ago. So first purse. Thanks, girl. And the final object that I want to talk about is a crown, It's the Copper Age crown. It's from the Nahal Mishmar horde, which was found around the Dead Sea in 1961 by a group of tourists who were just sort of walking around the area around the Dead Sea like they were sightseeing. And they stumbled upon this cave. And when they went in to explore it, it was just full of stuff which was later found out to be over 400 objects from the Copper Age, which makes them 6,000 years old. Of those objects, one of them, um, after further investigation, turned out to be a crown, and it's the oldest crown that we know of. So when you think about kings and stuff, this belonged to one of them? Or maybe just a beauty queen from the Copper Age? Who knows? but still pretty cool. It's really old. It was on exhibit at a museum in New York uh, a couple of years ago, and right now it's part of a private collection. Wouldn't it be cool to just sit around and you've got this 6,000-year-old crown just, I don't know, on your end table or something? Just pick it up, walk around. Hello, I'm a king from 6,000 years ago. So that's all the stuff that I think is fun that people have found. But what about things, living things? I'm sure you can probably guess that the oldest living things aren't necessarily animals. They're certainly not people. The oldest living things right now are actually plants, trees to be more exact. And there are some really, really, really old trees, you guys. One that I find really interesting is this chestnut tree in Sicily near Mount Etna. It's called the chestnut tree of a hundred horses. And legend has it that long ago when knights were still a thing, there were a hundred knights, like a band of knights roaming around the countryside, and they were caught in a really serious thunderstorm. And all of them were able to take shelter under the branches of this tree, hence the name chestnut tree of a hundred horses. You'd think they'd name it after the knights, but I guess the horses were better, more fun. There's another tree that has a really long and storied history, and it's called the Sarve of Barku, and it's a cypress tree in Yazd province in Iran. It's about 4,000 years old, making it a little bit older than civilization and it's considered a national monument. It's probably the oldest living tree in continental Asia. And I say continental Asia because there's an older tree in Asia, but it happens to be on an island in Japan, uh, on Yakushima to be exact. It's a cryptomeria tree and it dates to 2,000 years ago, but some experts think that it might actually be 5,000 years old. There's some discrepancies in the dating science. So if in fact it is around 5,000 years old, it could be one of the oldest living trees in the world. And that record is really only challenged by one tree, which is called Methuselah, and it's found in the Inyo National Forest in California. It's a bristlecone pine that's 4,848 years old, still alive. And actually, recently, they found another tree very nearby that they think might be even older. They don't have a name for that tree yet. Trying to think of some suggestions. Maybe Enoch? If we're going biblical, Enoch was the father of Methuselah. Anyway, trees are super old. But that's not all that's really old, you guys. There are tons of animals that are currently living and are the record holders for the oldest of their species. There's a giant tortoise on the island of St. Helena named Jonathan, who is 183. There is an alligator in the Belgrade Zoo. Her name is Mucha and she is 80, probably a little bit older than 80, they're not sure. There's a blue and yellow macaw, it's like a parrot, named Charlie and she's rumored to be 117 but that's her owner's claim it's not been really independently verified. There's also record holders for the world's oldest dog. Uh, Bluey was an Australian cattle dog who lived to be 29 and a half and the oldest cat, Cream Puff, who was from Austin, Texas and she lived to the ripe old age of 38. Now these aren't the oldest, oldest continually living creatures. The Greenland shark, it has been found, can have a lifespan from between 272 to 512 years old. And that means that 272 is the minimum age of a Greenland shark that we've found. They're considered the longest living vertebrates on the planet. And then there's also a bunch of types of coral that live for a really long time. Uh, marine life typically lives a little bit longer than land, land animals. Um, the black coral, Leopathies is the oldest continually living organism on the planet. And uh, current samples we have date the organism to about 4,265 years old. So just about as old as that tree, Methuselah's dad, Enoch. And, you know, aside from animals, people can live a really long time as well. The oldest living person on record uh, was Jean-Louis Calment from France. She died in 1997 at the age of 122. And my favorite fact about her is that she continued to ride her bike until her 100th birthday. So imagine riding a bicycle at 100 years old, and then you're like, eh... I might be a little too old for that anymore, so not gonna bike anymore, just gonna walk everywhere for another 22 years. Now, the current oldest living person, like the oldest person alive right now, is Emma Martina Luigia Murano, which is a name I love. She lives in Italy and she turns 117 on November 29th this year. When asked what the key to her longevity was, she credited a diet of eggs and being single. So, that's a real pistol right there. Let's take a break. And for this part, instead of listening to my voice, let's listen to someone else's voice reading a poem.
1: Old age ain't no place for sissies A poem written and read by Eric Soons Old age ain't no place for sissies I have found a network of blue blood veins Strains against a fretwork of thin skin-browned blotches And speckles that freckles and brands my hands I doubt if what I am seeing is the thing that a true blue fat cat aristocrat is being so proud about. I am less agile and more fragile in many more ways than before for the urgent convergent insurgence of youth has fled. Or maybe instead it has bled away and, truth to say, I am not sad but rather glad of this For I do not miss the fears and hustle and bustle of those earlier years. But each morning, a series of thoughts create a mental structure like an upturned bucket of damp sand that is shaped to form a steep castle on the beach. And, while the day proceeds, this keep recedes and all that remains is a shapeless heap a pile of dry and running grains. Is this the bliss of fond memories? Warm recall of the past that used to swarm, now does not last, but is strained or drained away. As I try to cope with the hope and fears of bygone days, I find in my mind they are intertwined in lots of ways. The bottom line is, that each of these goes cold or disappears as I and they are chained and restrained by the weight of the bond of all those past, last, and now, aged years.
0: That was beautiful. Okay, back to the show. So there's some people who've lived a really long time. There's animals who've lived a really long time. There's other organisms like trees. We've got a lot of artifacts. But when we talk about longevity and age, what does that mean in like the grand scheme of things, right? You know, we talk about Jeanne who lived to be 122. We talk about Emma, she's 117. Like where do they fall on the sort of continuum of life on Earth? Let me put this into a little bit of perspective for you. So the oldest living person right now, 117, humans have been on the planet, Homo sapiens, for about 200,000 years. Mammals have been around for about 200 million years. Forests, 385 million years. Land plants, so not trees, you know, like shrubbery, Uh, 475 million years. Fish have been around for 530 million years arthropods, like horseshoe crabs, 570 million years. Multicellular life dates back to about 2.8 billion years ago. So that's when we're talking about like plankton and algae, that kind of thing. But lately we've found evidence that there was cellular life on Earth 3.7 billion years ago. Now, keep in mind the Earth itself dates back to about 3.8 billion years ago. So these would be the oldest fossils ever found. And they found them on the western coast of Greenland in some melted ice, like glacial ice had melted away, exposed some rock underneath, and they unearthed these fossils. Now, they're classifying them as stromatolites, which are these mound-like bacterial structures that were likely formed by photosynthetic bacteria in colonies on the seafloor. So what they're proposing is that this was probably once a shallow sea, and these bacteria just built these little bacteria cities in the shallow water, used photosynthesis to convert light into energy, and lived 3.7 billion years ago. Let's zoom back forward to the present and talk about life expectancy. We talk about these oldest living people, but what does that really mean? Does that mean that we will live to be super old? And there's been a lot of research done in this area. Right now, statistically, a child born in the U.S. today, average life expectancy of about 79 years old. In Japan, it's a little higher, 83. And that's pretty good compared to 1900. So about 100 years ago, life expectancy was only around 50 years. So we've done exponentially well in the last century. So we started to see those ages statistically rise, but everything kind of plateaued in the 90s. So with a couple rare exceptions, some outliers like Jian and Emma, the average age of the oldest set of people is somewhere between like 108 and 115 years old. So a bunch of scientists are basically proposing that that's the cap. That's as old as we can ever expect to get. No one will live to be 200. No one will live to be 250. People might not even make it into their 130s. Dr. Jan Vijg of the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, recently published a study in the journal Nature that was making this argument that there's evidence for a limit in human lifespan. He and his research assistants basically took all of these charts and plotted the ages of the oldest people on record per decade in like 15 different countries and calculated that our peak is about 108 with the possibility of us living to about 115 and then with a few rare exceptions, that's about it. So my question is, with that perspective, is there also a flip side? Are there people who believe that we can push past that boundary and really make it to maybe even the 200 mark? Like, how do we cure aging? Turns out, there's some people who think we can. There's this guy named Aubrey de Grey, who is the head of the Methuselah. There's that name again, the Methuselah Foundation. And he's got this quote that I like. It says, people are understanding that diseases of old age are not really diseases. They are aspects of aging, side effects of being alive. So his foundation, the Methuselah Foundation, was established to study aging. The aging process and try to figure out how to stop it. Now, that may sound kind of crazy, but a lot of people really believe in this pursuit. Peter Thiel, who's the founder of PayPal, just gave $3.5 million to the Methuselah Foundation, and he also has a nonprofit called Breakout Labs that funds research to startups that are researching the aging process and researching anti aging technologies. Uh in the last few years alone, he's given twenty-two startups anywhere between fifty and three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to fund their research. He's not the only one. There's the Ellison Medical Foundation that just got a grant of four hundred million dollars from random anonymous donors. There's Calico Labs, which was started by Larry Page and Sergey Brin, who you might recognize from Google. They've got 250 million to fight aging and diseases associated with old age. There's Human Longevity Incorporated. There's also the Glenn Foundation, uh, founded by Paul F. Glenn, and actually MIT just named a lab after him. It's the Paul F. Glenn Center for the Science of Aging Research. And I bring that up because a lot of universities are looking into this. I mean, gene therapy treatments have been in clinical trials at Stanford since January of last year. They actually were able to reverse the biological age of human skin and muscle cells. So they took 60 year old human skin cells and were able to like reduce the age of them by 25 years using gene therapy. Harvard actually did this a few years ago by extending the life of mice. They almost doubled a mouse's lifespan from about two years to about four years uh, by using gene replacement therapy. So MIT is getting into that game, and what's really interesting is that their new aging center is headed up by this guy named Leonard Guarente, and he's an interesting cat, okay? So He's actually on the scientific board and co-founded a company called Elysium. And Elysium sells these capsules called BASIC, which are these supplements that are designed to stop or reverse or slow down the aging process. Basically, the idea behind them is based on his genetic research, where he isolated a gene with an aging role that's involved with this class of molecules called sirtuins, which we think evolved to help us withstand famine and downshift our metabolism so that we could defer reproduction until times of plenty, so live longer to procreate, basically. That, in turn, has spawned a lot of thought around the idea that calorie-restricting diets increase life expectancy. And in fact, there's scientific research that proves this, And so Guarente's research kind of took a different turn and he decided that he wanted to research certain compounds that might trick our bodies into thinking that they're starving without us feeling hungry. So this product that Elysium sells, this basic capsule, promises cellular detoxification, DNA repair, and energy production, and it can all be yours for $50 a month. What's interesting to me, aside from the fact that all of these foundations and research grants are being done by white dudes, so when you think about who's really afraid of growing old, just take a look at these boards. What's interesting is that we still have people that are trying to solve this problem. We are looking forward, we are trying to figure it out, we never want to die, or at least those guys don't. And I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I think growing old is a part of life. Growing old can be a beautiful thing. We're all sort of meant to just live out our purpose and leave a good impression behind. So I want to end things on a positive note and tell you about my favorite oldest animal. His name is Jonathan Livingston Crab. He's a hermit crab who's 40 years old. He lives in Maryland with his owner, Carol, who bought him in 1976 at a boardwalk souvenir shop in Ocean City. And he recently celebrated his 40th birthday by eating lobster. Uh, In fact, he eats the exoskeleton and Carol eats the good part inside. So I just wanna leave you with the thought that we should all be like Jonathan Livingston Crab. Just keep on trucking, keep on living, and every once in a while, celebrate with lobster. Thank you so much for listening to Loose Parts. I hope you enjoyed all of that really old stuff. I am your grateful host, Cat Hale. Loose Parts is recorded and produced in wonderful Chicago, Illinois, where our very own Shedd Aquarium is home to the oldest living aquatic animal in captivity, which is an Australian lungfish named Grandad. And yes, I've seen him. And yes, he's very old and gross. You can check out our website and listen to episodes at loose.parts. You can also subscribe at SoundCloud or iTunes. Please leave us a review. It really helps, and I love the feedback. You can also email or get in touch at loosepartspodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Emily Heron for the gorgeous logo, and our poem in this episode was found at archive.org. And to you I say, have yourself an awesome day.